Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. I'm so glad you've joined us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas to me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our website, and ClarkDeals.com is our website for you to save money on a variety of purchases. We look for the best deals for you, not just list deals. We look for ones that won't waste your time and make them available to you. Coming up in 20 minutes, speaking of time, time being of the essence, I don't know if you've heard this, but there's a huge problem now at the U.S. Department of Education, and they've had basically a nervous breakdown in the student loan collection system, and students who are trying to pay their student loans are having trouble paying them and being put into default status, having extra penalties and interest and all that. I'm going to tell you what you need to know, and more important, what you need to do if you are one of the affected borrowers. And later this hour, they had free boxing lessons at the Fort Lauderdale Airport. I don't know if you heard about it. Now, I boxed as a kid, but my skills are rusty. Maybe I would have benefited from being at the Spirit Airlines ticket counter, and I could have worked on my skill set. The airline misadventures continue. Now, I want to talk about your role in the problems going on at the nation's airlines. So, anytime I have talked about anything related to health care, for the last eight years on the air, in the aftermath of anything I ever say about health care, the boo birds come out. And people from anything I say, if you look at Clark Stinks, after this broadcast, people will be posting angry responses to me saying that I am this horrible, terrible Republican or disgusting Democrat or whatever, and people look at everything now through their tight political prism. The reality is that health care is messed up in the United States, and it goes far beyond whatever happens with Obamacare or the new Republican plan that the House passed that's now in the Senate, and however they rearrange Medicaid and all that, here's the heart and soul of the problem. We in the United States hurt our competitiveness in the world and hurt the strength of our country by the massive amount of our nation's wealth we spend on health care. And what is so frustrating to me is that nobody in Washington, because you may not know this, the congressmen and senators and all the big shots in Washington, they get 
gold-plated health care, and they don't have to pay anything. They are so separated from what you and I face every day, and the problems the country has with health care, for them it's all just political talking points and scoring points. But this is our nation. This is the United States of America, and I love this country. And I want us to remain strong and preeminent in the world. So the first thing to fixing a problem is to know what the problem is. And the core and key problem we face in the United States is we spend nearly one-fifth of our nation's output of goods and services, nearly 20% on health care. Now, you look at other developed countries, and they tend to spend somewhere around 8 or 9% of their nation's output of goods and services. And so that divide in what we're spending and what they're spending creates a competitive disadvantage for us as we try to compete because let me tell you something we are in a worldwide competition for jobs and wealth income security homeland security and our national strength you know the out-of-control spending on health care in the United States is a big chunk of why we run such big budget deficits. Because what we spend on Medicare and Medicaid... You know, the funny thing about Medicare, and if you're on Medicare, I know you'll take offense at this because you don't want to hear what I'm about to say. But the typical Medicare recipient ends up receiving 3 to $4 in inflation-adjusted health care for every dollar you paid in all through your working lifetime for Medicare. I mean, we got a problem that we need to address. And instead, we play this silly, childish, divisive game And the Democrats did it with Obamacare, where they did it as a single-party kind of thing. And now the Republicans are going down the same path, doing it as a single-party kind of thing, looking at health care through the prism of party and politics. Health care is an economic issue. And we need some boldness on the health care front not political talking points, not sound bites. And what we need to look at as a country is how do we reorient health care in the United States? Warren Buffett was talking about how there's so much talk about making our corporations more competitive in the world by reducing our ridiculously high corporate income tax, which is silly the way we tax corporations. But that's penny-ante money compared to what corporations are paying for health care in the United States, for their workers. 
creating a direct economic disadvantage compared to the countries we compete with and their companies overseas. For us to be strong, we have to completely rethink how you and I pay for our health care coverage. I've talked about parts of this for years and years and years, going back probably 20 years. And we in the United States are the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So we don't have emperors in the United States. But if I were your emperor, one thing I would push through is there would be no more employer involvement in health care, period. Think about it. If you get health care from your employer, you're probably happy as a clam and feel like you're in a cocoon of protection that your employer is providing that health coverage. And then the employer decides to downsize your department or reorganize or move your function across the country And suddenly, you don't have a job there anymore. And then that wonderful cocoon you were in, it shattered. And then we have the problem that because the employer is providing the health care, the coverage for it, you're not considered to be the customer. We need to get back to the concept that, by the way, we used to have in the United States, where you, for the health care you get, you're the customer. I think we need a complete fresh look at it, fresh eyes, because I can guarantee you that where we are now with what the Republicans have proposed so far doesn't solve any more than the Democrats did with what they did. Now, you can probably tell by now I'm not a member of any political party. At heart, I'm a libertarian, so that makes me three-quarters crazy. But my thing is that each individual should be responsible for his or her own health care coverage and what you buy. And if I, again, were your emperor not reinventing the wheel, there's a system where people on Medicare buy supplements known as Medigaps. And the Medigap policies generally are thought of as A through J plans. And each letter of the alphabet signifies what coverage you have. And it explicitly tells you what is covered. Instead of having one-size-fits-all health care or allowing insurers to come up with whatever language they want to for what they're not going to cover, I think we should have a list of plans you can choose from, from bare bones on up, and you decide what you want. But I can tell you this, a tiny percent of us depending on whose stats you believe, between 5 and 10% of us account for almost all the health care costs in the country. 
is someone will have a chronic illness. They'll have a cancer. They'll have a fatal illness, a terminal illness. And the care for that is incredibly expensive. And insurers cannot figure out how to calculate what the risk is for that because the cost can be extraordinary. So in my perfect world, instead of the government having a primary role in health care, the government would be a reinsurer and would be there to backstop beyond a certain dollar amount for catastrophic illnesses. But that other than that, you and the insurance company work out what you want to buy based on very clear plans that you can pick among. The other part of this is that healthcare providers should be required, it should be mandatory that you know the price of what you're buying. Healthcare benefits and can raise prices because the prices are unknown, kept secret, and are billed after the fact. And there should be a fixed price for any procedure you get. Not fixed by the government, but I mean that each provider says your all-in price for your knee surgery is. No separate bill for this, no surprise bill for that, or the other thing. That whatever it is you're being treated for, there's a clear price. And then you're able to compare the reputation of a place, the price they charge, versus what the next facility charges in the next one, or is it better for you to go 500 miles away and do it for half price or whatever? I'm touching only the surface, but I want to tell you the key about my frustration with healthcare is that the conversations are childish, insignificant, emotionally based, and not to the core of the issue, which is the cost that hurts our competitiveness as a nation. Today's Clark Rages moment is an odd one, has a special warning for you if you had defaulted on your federal student loans and now are in a payment plan you've been paying. Boy, do I have an odd thing to tell you. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. The U.S. Department of Education is so messed up right now on their student loan program that right now people who fell into default now are trying to catch up or in payment plans suddenly are finding that the government's not taking their payments and now hitting them with penalties, interest, and putting them further into a hole. And Department of Education is like shrugging its shoulders that it doesn't have its act together. Now, let me tell you something. If you were one of these affected borrowers, there's no procedure right now for you even to force the money into the hands of the Department of Education. Before you get blamed for it, you need to contact your congressman. Don't know who your congressman is. It's really easy on the web to find out. And you call your local constituent service office and you tell them, I'm trying to pay my student loan and I can't get the Department of Education to take my money. 
Do you know how much congressmen love having that kind of publicity? And that will probably speed up the process of getting the problem solved. And most important, I want to try to keep you out of more hassle with your student loans than you already have. It is absolutely a shocker. Try to imagine. You have a bill. You're trying to pay it. And the lender you're trying to pay says, well, we we just can't take your money. And by the way, it's all going to be your fault, even though we don't have our act together. That is the situation right now. It's like beyond weird, isn't it? So just know if you were supposed to have a student loan debited on a certain date and it didn't happen, don't just say, oh, my lucky day. It's actually your unlucky day. And get on this and advocate for yourself because that payment delayed only becomes more pain later. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy, really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy, like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. So glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website. If you have questions for me, clark.com slash ask. This is the spring of discontent with the nation's airlines. How about fistfights breaking out last night in Fort Lauderdale, and there was a crowd of hundreds of people, a melee breaks out, Oh, I'm looking right now. Spirit Airlines is showing, not Spirit, um, CNBC is showing video of people pushing and shoving and punching. Wow. That's pretty nasty stuff. So what's going on at Spirit is the pilots are engaged in an illegal work action against Spirit. The pilots are not showing up to work. They're calling in sick. They're doing all kinds of things, trying to put pressure on the company to give them a lot more money. And so they have had hundreds of flights canceled over the last few days. 
And the leadership of the pilots' union uh, sent a letter to every Spirit Airlines pilot telling them, you can't do this, I guess because the union didn't want to be sued out of existence. But the pilots, well, they're doing it. So all these people ended up stranded all over the country and many outside the United States with their flights being canceled because of the mysterious pilot disappearances. And people erupted because they had no way to, to, to get to where they were going. And oh, the Spirit Pilots say the Airline Pilot Association, Spirit Pilot Group are not engaged in a job action. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Doesn't anybody like to tell the truth anymore? My goodness. And one of the things that has happened in the United States that has made things so much worse is airlines used to have what were known as interline agreements. So let's say I'm booked on Delta and my flight cancels because of whatever. Delta could then buy me a seat on American or United or Southwest or JetBlue or wherever, and vice versa. Well, the airlines decided one by one that they would rather cause havoc for you and me than provide a reliable service and didn't want to write those checks to each other. The reality is, if you look at the numbers over time, as long as an airline was efficient, the money all ended up even moving between the airlines. The last thing I'd ever want is the government to pounce, but as happened in that congressional hearing last week or the week before, the airline execs were repeatedly admonished, you fix this or we'll do something to you you won't want. So putting in that category, I'd say this is the first thing airlines should do is reinstitute interline so that if you have a mechanical problem with a flight, you don't inconvenience your passengers too much, you put them on another airline, and you buy them the seats. And what they have is they have negotiated prices, well, they did, where people would easily move from one airline to another. There was even a rule at one time when the airlines were heavily regulated called Rule 240. And they would just Rule 240 you. They would, on a box, on a piece of paper, they'd put in the code and they'd sign you over where you had kind of like a voucher that you could turn into any other airline and then you fly. Simple thing to bring more humanity back to air travel. Second thing, Delta, American, and United charge massive fees to you if you can't take the flight you were booked on. $200 to $400 per person when you can't take a flight. But if they cancel a flight, they say, "Ah, too bad. Would you like your money back? That's all you get. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I have no idea what that means, but you know what it means. I don't know what the origin of it. But what it what should be done by the airlines is if they're going to charge me $200 to 
because my plans change. If their plans change, they should pay me $200. Fair is fair. Reciprocity. Right now, the system is a very stacked deck. And the levels of competition we had in the industry don't exist anymore because a wave of mergers that I had no problem with have led to concentrations in certain cities where airlines have a dominance beyond imagination. American Airlines in Charlotte, I think it's 92%. Delta in Atlanta, 90-some-odd percent. Chicago is a duopoly. American United have 90% of the air market. And on and on city by city, where you don't really have an option. United at Newark has 90%, I think, of the air traffic. So we need to have a system where it doesn't feel like you're always the loser as the traveler. And I encourage the airlines to not be greedy. Profits are all-time record highs. The pinch to profits may be zero because the reputational harm if you treat people like dirt, is more costly, as United found out, with beating up the doctor and then killing the rabbit. Poor rabbit. Anyway, the reputational harm is costly. Doing the right thing looks expensive to the bean counters, but ultimately is cheaper than what you do to your reputation. Delta canceled its media day because all it would have done is would have brought so many questions about the guy who wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom and the family vacationing in Hawaii being threatened with arrest because Delta needed their seats. And Delta's now properly apologized and all that. And American having the flight attendant who assaulted the woman passenger with the two babies I mean, you know, I mean, it's crazy, right? And now the poor flight attendants, everywhere they turn, there's somebody ready to whip out their smartphone and become famous filming them doing something. What do you think it's like doing that job right now? The flight attendants are set up for failure. The gate agents are set up for failure. Because the fat cat managers, the big shots in the executive suite, don't suffer the consequences of the way they run their companies. Stan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Stan. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Stan. I have been such a negative guy today. You have been. I mean, (laughs) it's terrible, terrible. I, I talk about the health care stuff, and then I talk about the student loan problems, and then I talk about the airlines. And, you know, I'm a very positive, upbeat kind of guy. I feel like I need to go take a shower or something and cleanse myself <laughs> of all this negativity. Help well, me do I, it. I help don't me. think I'm going to help you. <laughs> You're not going to help me? Why aren't you going to help too. me, Stan? Well, I got a little problem. I- my homeowner's insurance company has raised my rates 
on my earthquake coverage the past four years. On average, that rate increase has been about 29%. Per year? Uh, per year on the earthquake coverage. Wow. And your overall homeowner's insurance uh, net of the level. earthquake, is it up about 8% a year over the last four or five? Correct, yes. Somewhere in that neighborhood. That's about what the average has been around the country. But the earthquake thing, that's interesting to me. So do yeah. you live along the San Andreas Fault in California? I mean, what's your... No, we live in Kentucky. Kentucky? We live what they call the New Madrid Fault Zone. But we're actually in a moderate zone. We're not close to the really that close to the fault line, which is out towards New Madrid, Missouri. We're in more of a central Lexington or central Kentucky area in the Lexington, Kentucky area. And what kind of premium are they quoting you for earthquake insurance? Well, last year it was we paid close to five hundred dollars in coverage for last year. Last week we received a notice in the mail that they were no longer providing earthquake coverage through our company. Oh, company. I know what's happening. They're assigning you to a, a, a high-risk company, a non-standard company, somebody you've never heard of company, right? Through a third party, yes, yeah. correct. I've never heard of them, but they yeah. say they're the specialist. And uh, they quoted me for this year is $630. So the problem when they put you with the UFO companies is if there was a major earthquake, the question always is, could they afford to pay the claims anyway? Exactly. And so, you know... Is there is there anything going on to make the coverage rates go up? So insurers, in insurers are in a different business than they used to be. They are in the risk management business instead of the traditional homeowner's insurance business. You know, you think about all the things that now are excluded, floods, uh, a lot of companies don't want to take on hurricane risk at the coast, or they charge a much higher deductible if it's a named storm, the earthquake thing being cut out of it, uh, insurers not wanting anything to do with mold. I mean, there's, there's less and less that your traditional homeowner's policy is covering. So if you live in an area with an enhanced risk, for one of the things that you have to buy a specialty policy for, that specialty policy can be quite pricey. And so you face a dilemma, and that is none of us can, with certainty, figure out our level of risk. So a certain amount of educated guesswork is involved. So in a case where the chance of a catastrophic earthquake destroying your home being a remote possibility, you might choose to go without. Correct. <laughs> and and so that would so that would be a very a reasonable potential choice for you to make, particularly with you being in an area that's not as at as much risk. Now do you have a mortgage on your home or do you own it free and clear? I have a mortgage. But it's but earthquake insurance, earthquake coverage is not required in where I live. Then, then I would say, again, it's your choice. But particularly with it now being some uh, UFO company that would be writing the now more expensive policy, I would strongly consider going without. Okay. 
Well, I was just curious because, like you said, if there is an earthquake, I don't... (laughs) Right. You have no coverage. And so that's why everything about life is balancing the level, the likelihood of something happening. And in this case, with how expensive it's become year after year, if it was still the insurer you knew and trusted, you might open up the wallet. Not as good a case for that with whoever they now have sent you to that somebody who who knows who's behind it, what backing there is, or anything like that. Pele is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me on the call. Absolutely. Um, my dilemma is I am, <clears throat> I have a 76-year-old mother who is in her early stage of um, on uh, uh, dementia. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it, it's, you know, obviously it's something I've come to terms with. I, um, I cannot work outside of my house right now because, um, her, uh, her bone density is so bad if she takes one fall. So you are, you are her caregiver. You are it. I am her full time caregiver. Um, she has COPD, so she's on oxygen. My goodness. 24-7. Um, we, um, you know, I take her to and from it, um, the doctors. I, I blew through my savings um, a while ago. You are such a good daughter. Um, How can my, I help? My biggest problem is, is I'm desperately trying to find work from home. I have looked and and I have a I I have a bachelor's in criminal justice. I've been working as a well I was working as a um business analyst. I was good at my job. I had my job for 8 years. And there's um, nothing that company can have you do no part-time no, for them. Uh, How about a competitor of them with the skills you have, things that you could do part-time? Uh, I've tried everything. Because, because you see, the best possibility and opportunity is based on what you know and what you've done. Because, like, on my guide for work at home that I have at Clark.com, I've got things that, as best we know, are legit. But none of them are going to pay you the kind of money that you can make with the skills that you had before you left your job to take care of your mom. I'd like you, I know you're exhausted from all the care you provided for your mom, Please think back through how you could take the skills you have in your area of expertise and maybe do that part-time as you take care of your mom. If not, check out my work-at-home guide and be wary and aware that most work-at-home quote-unquote opportunities you see are bogus. And I want to wish you the best with your mom and her care. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel, ask it. Clark Thomas wrote in. He says, I'm interested in investing in silver, but what is the best way to go about doing that? I believe that you buy a fund of silver rather than owning actual silver. It's much more efficient. You don't have to worry about storing it or somebody stealing it. If you want to own silver directly, I think there's only one choice, and that's something called the iShares Silver Trust. 
you buy the iShare Silver Silver Trust like you'd buy a stock, and it has an extremely low management fee that is much more efficient for you than you handling your own purchase of silver because of the buy-sell spread you would have, and then you've got to store it. This way, you don't have to. This is Norman Lear with my great sidekick, Paul Hip. Good to be here with you, Norman, on All of the Above. That's the name of my podcast, All of the Above. And uh, it's called All of the Above because we're going to talk about All of the Above. There isn't anything sacrosanct. There's nothing too above us or below uh, or us. Or below us. Well, certainly nothing too below us. But we have had guests you cannot believe. Yeah. Guests. Julie Louis Dreyfus, amazing. Yes. And America Ferrara. Jared Carmichael. Yes. Oh, Amy Poehler. How did we overlook? We didn't overlook Amy Poehler. I was saving her for last. And Charles Barkley, I was saving him for first, actually, because I didn't declare her first. I get to hang out with this guy. And this is your chance to hang out with Norman Lear a little bit here and some of these great guests. God, I wish I was you hanging out with Norman Lear. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a gun. See? That must be exciting. It's the yeah. best. He's, oh. I'm telling you. Don't miss all of the above with Norman Lear. Download new episodes every week on the Podcast One app or subscribe at podcastone.com. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com slash save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. I'd like to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more, spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website. Clark Deals is where you get the bargains from us. Well, you don't buy the bargains from us. We just give you the latest scoop on where the latest deals are. So Amazon is feeling the heat from Walmart. Walmart, which had been kind of like a joke to the Amazon people, now has started to get its act together as a .com. And Amazon is striking back. You know, Amazon gets a huge chunk of its sales from people that are Prime members. But they still uh, represent a sliver of the American people. And so Amazon wants more than just what the prime dedicated shoppers buy from them. And so they now have continually lowered the minimum order size for you to get free shipping. And now they've cut it basically in half in just a very short period of time. Now the minimum order size is $25. And this is in response to the challenge that they faced from a former slumbering Walmart that has woken up. Walmart, if you're not aware, is offering a new deal where you buy things at walmart.com 
And if you pick them up in a Walmart store, you get a special price on over a million items. So there's one price if you have them deliver, even with free delivery, but there's a lower price called the pickup discount, and an item is marked showing you if it's eligible for the pickup discount. So in the continuing market share battle between Walmart and Amazon, yet another move from both that does nothing but save you money. And so Amazon, at $25 minimum purchase, it means to get free shipping, it means you can have the fun that people who pay Amazon $100 a year for are able to have. By the way, one thing about Amazon that I haven't mentioned in probably two years is if you are an Amazon Prime member, you're paying a fair amount of money per month to be a Prime member. If you order something and they deliver it late, they don't do this automatically, but you say, hey, you were late, they will then give you an additional month of your membership for free. All you got to do is ask, and that's how they essentially pay you back for the late delivery. I had an item that I ordered that was supposed to be two-day delivery that came, this was so funny, it came two weeks later, and they ended up, when I called and said, where was it, they it got lost in space in their system somehow, and they gave me the money back for it, and then it showed up like two weeks later, and I called and said, how do I get this back to you? And they said, oh, when we don't deliver on time and we give you your money back, you just keep the item when it eventually shows up. I felt so guilty getting something I didn't pay for. It's like the time Walmart didn't charge me for a bicycle I picked up and I kept trying to give them the money and they wouldn't, they had no system and no way to take the money from me after they'd messed up. And my guilt still overwhelms me from both situations. So, Oh, and Target, I don't know if you heard, Target is testing a delivery service that they're testing first in Minnesota, where they're based, and it's called Target Restock, and they are trying to tie people in who, are, who have the red card, red card, ready card, whatever, the one you get the 5% discount on, and with it, they're going to offer this free shipping program, or it may be for a very low fee or whatever that counteracts the 5%, because they're trying to figure out how to do it, but they know that they face a market weakness now with the back and forth fighting going on with Amazon and Walmart. And the great thing, when these titans fight, you and I are the ones that win. And, you know, this battle going on between Amazon and Google continues. Google has the Google Home, and Amazon has the Echo. When you say, hey, Alexa, too. Oh, I apologize right now. I forgot I'm never supposed to say that. I'm really, really sorry, because I made a lot of people's Echoes wake up. I'm... I promised I would never make that mistake again. Such an idiot. Anyway, interestingly enough, the Google Home, the the tech reviewers 
give far higher reviews to the Google Home than they do to Amazon's Echo device. But Amazon's Echo is dominating the market, came out earlier, and has been marketed far more aggressively and successfully than the Google Home device. And now Amazon isn't resting on its laurels. They have the new show, which you can order now, that will be delivered next month, that is... How do you even describe this thing? It is a video screen for your kitchen that allows you, as long as somebody else has a show, it allows you to make free worldwide video calls. It allows you to watch Amazon Prime television on it. So it's like having a little teeny kitchen counter television. And it does things just like the original Echo does. And it also allows you to do something. Remember it was such the end thing five years ago that people would have those electronic photo display thingies that you'd put an SD card in and it would show your pictures and does like a continuous slideshow. Those things all went to the dustbin of history. But this is going to be kind of like a Swiss Army knife. We'll do that as well and any of a number of things. So if you're really into Amazon, they're offering an introductory deal right now that if you buy a pair of them, you get $100 off. So you pay $358 for two, $179 each, instead of $229 each. And again, that would be for people that are really heavily tied into the Amazon system with Prime and doing a lot of stuff with Amazon. Renee is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Renee. Hello, Clark. Renee, you have a brilliant idea. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I think so. You want to continue to work, but work in paradise. Yes, please. (laughs) So (laughs) what exactly are you thinking? Well, I'm a new nurse. I graduated nursing school this year. And so the sky's kind of the limit. Our, um, it's open. We can move anywhere. But I would like to nurse and live as close to the beach as possible. Hopefully it would be my back door. So by that, do you mean live like on a tropical island? Or do you mean live in a beach community in the United States? Or where are you thinking on that? Yes. And yes. Either. Either or. Yes. Okay, so I'll tell you about a little-known opportunity in nursing, and that is going to the U.S. Virgin Islands. Because it's fully part of the United States, and you can just move there as a nurse. You wouldn't want to go without a job already, but I know that they continually face nursing shortages in the Virgin Islands, and they will make it sweet for you to go there. Ooh, that sounds great. But I would tell you, before you did something like that, you just finished nursing school. If you find an opportunity there before you sign a contract, go reward yourself with a short vacation and go see uh, whatever island, you know, St. Thomas, St. Croix, typically is you'd be on one of those two. Go see if you like them. Because you don't want to okay. sign a contract and be obligated 
to remain for a lengthy period of time and you get there and you think this isn't paradise is the my worst nightmare or whatever (laughs) that makes a lot of sense Um, a lot of people like to go to hawaii as a nurse but i don't think hawaii has the nursing shortage that the virgin islands have okay and then the easiest answer of all is there are communities particularly in south florida that have an older population and there's a very strong need for nurses. Okay. And so okay. it's not it's not the tropics. It's what Close they call enough. subtropical, but mm-hmm. you could potentially have a lot of fun living somewhere in South Florida. That sounds great. Well, I have a second question. What's that? Um, well, because I'm an older student, um, I will. I'm knocking on 40's door. And I heard you say that we should be saving 10% of our income over the life of our career. Well, I'm just starting my career. So how much of my income should I be saving? Oh, my goodness. I have a chart on Clark.com that shows you how much you have to save at various age points. And uh-huh. I don't want to traumatize you. I don't want <laughs> you to need a trauma care nurse telling you the answer. But I do want to tell you that once you do have a job, you're going to want to save substantially north of 10%. Oh, okay. At least 15%. Okay. That's doable. Okay. I I was letting you, I was kind of gently telling you that. So once you have that job, go look at my chart and you might decide that 15 is not enough. Yes, probably not. Not at my age. But I'll, I'll start with 15 and move up. Okay. So the actual real answer, I'm not even going to tell you. I'm going to wait for you to see it. (laughs) And good luck finding that job out of school. Michael's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Michael. Hello, Clark. How are you doing? Great, thank you. You're trying to help your wife out. I am. We're both in our uh, early 40s, and she's a stay-at-home mom. And I'm... Looking to open up a Roth IRA account for her. Uh, I'm not sure if I can do that with my own earnings, or would she need to work? She does not. She is allowed to have what's known as a spousal Roth, because the assumption is when uh, one or the other in a couple stays home, it's usually because they're young children, and they're putting their career on hold for those kids. And so okay. the law allows for for that person to not fall behind on retirement savings. So if you are eligible for a Roth, then your spouse is eligible for what's known as a spousal Roth. And in, your, Roth okay. and in her 40s, she's allowed to have up to $5,500 fund into a Roth each year. Oh, great. And any of the low-cost companies that I have on my investment guide will help her set up that spousal Roth and like no time flat. And she can fund it from many of the companies. You need a thousand to open one, but you can add to it as you wish, just as long as never in any year, calendar year, more than 5,500 goes into it. Okay. So, well, great. Thank you. That's awesome. That's really good information. I appreciate it. And I'm so glad that you're doing that savings. What are you doing for yourself, though? Uh, I'm, I'm investing into uh, a 401k. I'm, I heard on one of your podcasts to also uh, start a Roth 
Uh, so that way you can, when it does come time for retirement, you have the taxable income and the non-taxable. So that way you can balance out. You are brilliant. You are brilliant. And it is such a great way to handle the future is if in the present you have both after-tax money saved like in a Roth and pre-tax money saved like in a traditional 401k. That is the perfect blend of investing dollars. Brenda is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Brenda, you have a comment about what came up on our show recently about people pinning money on a bride at her wedding reception. Yes, I do, Clark. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Hello from sunny Florida. Well, great to have you here. So what is your angle on it? Well, I just know that um, in some regions of the country, it is a very common practice. Um, it, you can go on and you can you know, see some YouTube videos about it. But I know from personal experience, uh, when I married my husband 34 years ago in North Dakota, um, we, we did that, and I actually had never heard of it. I'm from North Carolina. And we didn't, we had no, you know, no tradition like that at all. But it was really cool because um, basically what would, what they would do is, you know, people would come and, and they would donate money. Um, usually at, we called it a dollar dance or the money dance. And for in exchange for 15 or 20 seconds worth of a dance with the bride. And I'm happy to say 34 years ago, I brought in over 500 bucks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, in today's dollars, that's like you brought in twelve or fifteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. It was fun. And I honestly, I really think it's because I have this southern accent, and I think they all wanted to hear it. Well, I got to ask you because the only state in the United States I've never been to is North Dakota. Oh, you should go. You should really? go. It's a wonderful place to visit. And if you do go, you have to visit. Um, there's a town out west, no west, um, kind of frontier town, and it's called Medora. And they do a big musical at night in the summertime. And, I mean, it's, it is just such fun. And that is, you know, every this, the state is just so nice to visit because it, it's nice in the summertime, and you've got lots and lots of daylight to explore <laughs> because well, it stays daylight until, like, midnight. Well, once I was nine miles from the North Dakota border, and I was like, should I really do that? Should I really drive there across the border, you know, and come back? And I've regretted ever since because it would have been my 50th state. And so this time I'll have to go and truly explore and go see. How about going to see the beauty of Western North Dakota? Maybe that's where I should go. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy. Really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. 
You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy, like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. Glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you. I want you to learn ideas from me. So you can save more, spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is the web address. And when you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. And I want to tell you that what we pay for prescription drugs can be all over the place. I want to share with you an experience I had recently when I had to fill two prescriptions on the road for my daughter. So we were staying directly across the street from one of the big drugstore chains. And my wife was like, I don't want to waste time while we're on vacation going all the way to Costco to fill some prescription because you're so cheap. So I said, okay, I will call the pharmacy across the street and see what the meds cost. So one of the medicines at the big chain drugstore was $302.69. The other one was a much more reasonable $19.99. So I then call Costco to find out what the medicines cost there. And the two of them combined added up to $20.09. So at the chain drugstore, the two of them were $322. At Costco, they were $20. So you know where this is going. We pile in the car and we go to Costco to fill the prescription. And while we were in Costco, my daughter bought a nice pair of slacks, my wife bought a jacket, my wife also bought a suitcase, my daughter saw the suitcase, liked it so much, she bought one too. The suitcases were on clearance, $49.97 each, so we're up to 100 for those. The pants my daughter wanted were $34, so we're up to $134. The jacket my wife got was, I think, $49, so we're up to $180 something. And then we paid $20 for the prescription. We then ate lunch at Costco. That was like $10. We still walked out the store 
with all those things, and we still saved over $120 versus the chain drugstore. I was feeling very smug. My daughter was thrilled with her suitcase and her slacks. My wife was thrilled with her jacket and her suitcase. And my son loved his slice of pizza. Everybody won. Just know that the traditional drugstore chains have a formula they use for pricing prescription meds that is set up for them to make massive markups on a lot of the scripts that they fill. That's why roughly a third of all prescriptions are abandoned at the pharmacy counter when people find out what they cost. But you do have allies out there. And by the way, you can go to Costco and fill a prescription even if you're not a member. You wouldn't be able to buy the suitcases or anything else. But you can still take advantage of the cheap drug prices. But a lot of people don't want to go across town or you don't have a Costco near you or whatever. So GoodRx.com is an alternative for you where you can compare prices across a ton of pharmacies and you can get coupons that will lower the price and they'll show you on a map how much the med you need is at this place, how much is at that place, how much is at the other And I'm telling you, the price differences can be shocking how different they are from one place to another. Then on top of it, there's a new cooperative effort between GoodRx and something known as InsideRx that is a discount program on brand name meds. Not the generics that most of us fill. 80% of prescriptions are filled as generic. But if you prefer or need a brand name, you can end up spending what costs to buy a used car, fill a prescription. So the GoodRx joint venture with InsideRx, which you can get to from GoodRx.com, will potentially show you discounts on the brand names. Now, in order to be eligible to buy the brand names at the special discount prices, you have to either be living with no health insurance, or be in a high-deductible health care plan where you're facing wide exposure to large amounts of medical costs for your prescriptions. But this thing with people not filling prescriptions really concerns me because of how many people are dying simply because they're not taking their meds. And the number of people per year who die in the United States, latest estimate from a medical journal of, for internal medicine doctors, is that 125,000 people in America die each year from not taking their prescriptions. And you think about it, if they're so expensive that a third of people abandon them at the counter they may be writing their own death sentence. So finding ways to get the prescriptions more affordably is essential. And that's why I told you the Costco story, and that's why I want you to know about GoodRx. Michelle is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Michelle. 
Hi, Clark. Thank you so much for taking my call. Certainly. Um, you I- you want to be a wonderful person to your daughter, don't you? I do. I do. I just want it to be legal, and <laughs> I want it to be uh, above board and um, uh, in both my daughter's and our interests. So, um, basically, uh, a few years ago, our daughter took out uh, loans for about uh, close to $100,000 for grad school. Uh, we weren't in a position at that point to be the bank and give her a loan, but our situation has changed now, and we would be able to refinance her loans at a lower rate, like the minimum uh, applicable federal rate. And I guess my question is, would that be considered a gift and subject to gift tax? It will not, because you said the key part already. If you do a written agreement with her, Mm -hmm. and she wipes out the student loan debt, and instead you essentially become her bank, you just write up the loan agreement, you charge her the IRS-required rate of interest, which is extremely low right now. Very low. Was it 2 point something percent? Uh, it depends. If it's up to nine years, it's uh, 2.0. Okay. And you can do that all day long. There's no gift tax implication. And on top of it, you can, it, it, your option, if you wish, you can forgive $14,000 of that 100000 each year if, the, if that was your druthers, and you still would not violate any gift tax rules. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And even though, so she is on an uh, income-based repayment for the past year, um, so that wouldn't change anything with that. Doesn't change a thing. You can, you can structure it however you want, as long as you charge her an interest rate that is considered to be arm's length and the IRS guideline, you print it out. So if later they said, wait, 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 where'd you come up with that rate? And you say, uh-huh. right here from you guys at the IRS. And you can even each year, uh, if you don't truly want to charge her interest, you can give her an amount of money in a check that would equate to the interest as long as it's less than 14000 Amazing. So okay. here's the downside. Okay. <laughs> if she, you do this out of love for your daughter, and it, there's a point in your life you might depend on this money, and she reneges and doesn't pay, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. She has been like the most totally responsible human being, uh, so it would be a drastic change to have that change for her, so... So you just have to know that, yeah. that that mm-hmm. is the potential downside. That's right. Okay. But everything else, yeah. as long as you can all handle this in the family, everything else is upside. Oh, amazing. Clark, thank you, as always, for being such an incredible resource. Well, you Appreciate were so it. kind to say that, and I want to repeat again so that uh, that you acknowledge that you have to have a loan agreement in writing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you does can, it have to be um, serviced by a loan servicing company? No, not at all. No. Not at all. Okay. You can just go on the web, find mm-hmm. some form, print out a loan agreement that y'all sign and date, and then she just pays you every month. And as long as she keeps up her part of the bargain, everybody wins. 
Ron is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ron. Hey, uh, Clark. Uh, first uh, new listener, thanks for taking my question. Well, it's great to have you here, Ron. Well, I was uh, curious because I uh, just recently opened up one of those new online uh, checking accounts, and I was just wondering if it would be safer not to even activate the debit card that I just received um, in the mail. Because I know you on your website you have, like, the top places not to use a debit card. So I just wanted your take on that. Yeah, my belief is the only place a debit card should ever be used is at an ATM to withdraw cash. Okay. That when you use an, uh, a debit card as the bank wants you to, which is everywhere you go, you use it for purchases, you create a level of risk because you, your money is so vulnerable because of the extreme vulnerability of the debit card payment system in the U.S. Right. So if you would want to use access to ATMs, do you get so many free withdrawals per month or do they have a network? of ATMs you can use for free? Yeah, correct. They have the network of ATMs. So if you, would you want to be able to access money? Um, That's what I'm wondering, because uh, by not activating it, would it prevent me from using features or the convenient features that they're, you know, touting with the online uh, checking account? I know of no restriction you would suffer doing online banking from not having activated the debit card. But okay. how do you plan to get money if you don't activate the debit card when well, you're out and about and you need cash? Do you have another account that you have an ATM card with? I do. I was thinking about just keeping my credit union account open because you always say how you should be a member of a credit uh, a credit union. So I was going to just fund that account with uh, you know this money because this is where my direct deposit is going to be going to this new online checking account. Oh, I love I account. love what you're thinking. So you will have okay. very little money at risk in the account at the credit union that you use to get cash as you need it. Right. And so in that case, I think you're right. I think it's a good idea never to activate that debit card with the online bank. Great, because I haven't done that yet. And, um, yeah, so I really appreciate, uh, you know, you as a resource, and it's great uh, being a new listener. And I've been trying to catch up with all your podcasts. I'm almost done with January, so hopefully I can get caught up and be up to date soon. Well, you've gone from being a newbie to being really into it. Yeah, I mean, I even picked up your book uh, last night at the library, Living Large and Lean Time, so I'm really looking forward to um you know, getting as much information from you, from your site, from your podcast, and your books. All right, so I need to tell you, as you read Living Large and Lean Times, that book, I wrote that book with my co-authors mm-hmm. during the time that the country was so depressed. You know, people mm-hmm. were so down. And a lot of it will seem like like the context won't make any sense because things in America are so much better than they were at the time. I wrote that book in the depths of the Great Recession. So that's why you'll hear some of that um, like pep talk kind of thing in the book because I was really trying to cheer people up and let them know that things would get better, could get better, and I'm so glad that they did get better. And uh, that book was a great experience writing it, and I hope that you do find useful information in it. Barbara's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Clark. How are you? 
Great, thank you. You have a question about going mortgage debt-free. Yeah, tell I me. know if I should do it or not. Well, tell me what the concerns are, what you're considering. Well, it's kind of hard to give up that chunk of money for my savings account. And the other thing is, if I do that, I want to know if it would be better to pay my mortgage off and then refinance a car or refinance a car and keep paying, you know, pay cash for the car and let my mortgage be where it's at. So the money, you have quite a bit of money in savings. Well, yeah, it was a, some of it was a gift from my generous mother. <laughs> well, how nice of your mom to do that. And I hate to ask a lady this question ever. Tell me oh, how old... I know. How old am I? Yeah. <laughs> 52. 52. And are you going to work like another 10 or 15 years? Oh, gosh, yes. Right. So if you're going to do that, you have money and savings earning just a hair over 0%. Right. You have a mortgage you're paying four? How much? Five and a half. Oh, then can the mortgage. Okay. Yeah, you made that one. See, I I thought you were going to make it difficult for me. Well, I only have like seven more years to go on it. Yeah, so pay it off. Pay it off. Yeah, be done with it. Now, tell me about the car loan. Well, I want to buy a new car. I I know, well, or a used car. I know you'd be saying used car. I mean... No, no, it's your choice. If you if you like new cars and you'll keep it a decade or more. Well, that's the thing. I was just going to tell you my two cars that I have. One's a two thousand four, and one's a two thousand. Well, then so treat yourself. Treat yourself. Buy a, buy a new car. Keep it ten years or more, like you kept these. Hmm. So I must be doing pretty good. So pay the mortgage off. You don't think there's going to be any tax? I don't, I've already done my taxes. I'm not worried about this year. No, like no. That. There's no. Ta- there's no tax issue. And if you if your mortgage balance sounds like where it is, you're not getting a mortgage interest deduction anyway when you do your taxes. Your so standard deduction. Gonna, yeah, so it's not going to help me at all. Right. So it's better to pay it off and be done. Five and a half beats earning point whatever in savings. All right. Well, I guess I'll have a car payment now. Yeah, but the car payment will extinguish in you know so many years. You know, it's not like. Something that you're going to owe on forever. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Here's an interesting fact for you. There are nearly one million new books published in the U.S. alone every year. One million. So if you like to read, how do you choose what you're going to read? Well, that's where Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews comes in. You see, Kirkus has been one of the top book review publications for over 80 years. They do a deep dive on thousands of titles every year, including interviewing best-selling authors and telling you what might be the hot new release before everyone else knows. So figure out what your next read is going to be. Download Fully Booked right now on the Podcast One app at Apple Podcasts or at PodcastOne.com. Hey, have you heard about that great new podcast called Fan Club? It's a short series that explores why we love what we love. In each episode, you're going to hear amazing, brilliant people across the pop culture landscape. There's musicians, artists, fashion designers, chefs, even scientists, all talking about how their work is being experienced today and how they think it'll be experienced in the future. So don't miss it. Make sure you subscribe to Fan Club now at vbyviacom.com slash fan club or wherever you listen to your podcasts. What we're learning about the Manchester bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. 
The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbour of the alleged bomber. The actual family that had been there, I'd, I'd never really come across them yeah. in bad ways. It was always, even when I said hello, he never seemed to speak back to you. He was just like, kept themselves to themselves and that was about it. The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican. I'm Rita Foley.